Friends, this is Tani Tanuvio, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do on Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. today, 4 to mm, 5.30 or 6 p.m. because Blue and Gold Report is on a little vacation, so we have a little more time together, which I think we'll need today. I'm so excited, and I'm going to try not to talk too fast or let my voice get too high, um, we else can get a little excited about things, but I am so excited about the uh, interview that uh, we'll be having a little bit later. You may or may not be aware of an amazing equestrian uh, horse show, uh, Magical, Magical uh, Cavalia. It's called, uh, tagline, A Magical Encounter Between Human and Horse. It's in San Diego right now, showing through the end of the month. Yours truly gets to see the show. I'm so excited. Rose is going to be calling in a little bit later in the show because she's seen the show. And there's a whole segment in that show that is straight out of Lord of the Rings. She went to it. She came back, showed me the program guide. Well, I'll get into this a little bit more later. First, I just want to say welcome. Welcome to my friends. That music in the background is indeed the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore from the Fellowship of the Ring, and that is the track from the Council of Elrond. And for those of us who are Middle Earth enthusiasts, we are counting down, well, most of us, (laughs) counting down to the uh, Hobbit movie coming out this Thursday. It will be hitting the theaters, well, technically Friday, but it will be hitting the theaters on uh, Thursday evening at midnight. I do have tickets for that, uh, thanks to the Dear Hobbit. Missing the Dear Hobbit. Wish he was here. Oh my gosh, I wish, wish he was here to go and see Cavalia with me. But uh, the Hobbit is still off on other adventures, but we elves never lose hope that uh, the Hobbit will be back someday. In fact, I'll have to play a little something here from a reminder that Elrond... Uh, and Arwen gave us from just a little tiny clip from the Fellowship of the Ring. Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Indeed, there is still hope. And so I'm still hoping that one day the Hobbit will be back again with us because we miss his presence so very much. But uh, it turns out that I was wanting to be at the very first opportunity I could have to see the movie and it turns out that my friend Ro and Jim are seeing a pre a, a screening in the early evening a private screening I think it is uh, down in San Diego and I get to go to that and I get to go with Ro we'll get to see it together I'm so excited I can hardly contain myself and then of course we're going to see it Saturday morning uh, 48 frames per second to see what all this is about in 3D at the big IMAX theater. So lots of wonderful things going on with um, adventures in Middle Earth. In case you are just tuning in, this is the show where we celebrate all things Middle Earth and Tolkien. I came to this wonderful world a little over 10 years ago in spring of 2002. We all sometimes discover things a little bit late, <clears throat> but I... Um, Came to this uh, came to this whole world through uh, seeing the Fellowship of the Ring. Fell in love with the elves. Started my experiment of my life as an elf. If I lived like an elf, would my life be any better, any worse, any different? 
And indeed, it has been magically transformed on many levels. I've experienced healings and transformations. I've met some of the most amazing people I could ever hope to meet. And if you are calling into the show, um, I hope that's not my interview person because that's supposed to be happening a little bit later. But I can't pick up the phone right now because I'm on the air. So hang in there. We're actually going to play some music in a, in a few moments, and I'll, I'll be able to get to the phone. So I am Tani Tanuviel. This is KUCI, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. And um, let's see. You can find out more about what we do and all the other amazing programs that we have here at KUCI on our website at KUCI. Org. We also are streaming live 24-7, including holidays, at KUCI.org, and you can find us through iTunes, so you can hear us all over the globe, this fair world Arda in Elvish, and I just want to talk a little bit today, I'm so excited because I've been wanting to do a show about the horses of Middle-earth for some time, so we're going to have a little bit of readings from the Lord of the Rings. And again, this uh, show that's playing now in San Diego, Cavalia, C-A-V-A-L-I-A. You can check out on Cavalia.net for information about the upcoming shows, about what the show is all about. And um, and in just a few moments, I'm going to read a, a little bit more about this company, uh, what their thing is, over 50 horses and People train uh, in Cirque du Soleil. So, yeah, pretty magical stuff. Uh, first, though, in honor of the Hobbit movie coming up, well, you know what? Maybe we'll play the Hobbit trailer a little bit later. Um, I'm going to play, actually, a track from the Lord of the Rings, the complete rec- uh, Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings, which has the song of the passing of the elves. Now, this scene is not in the books that I'm aware of. But it's a wonderful scene in the movies where Sam and Frodo are just kind of getting making their way out of the Shire, and they hear something, and Sam says, what is that? And Frodo says, wood elves. And, you know, they're leaving uh, Middle-earth to go to the Grey Havens and sail into the West. And... Um, Sam says something to the effect, I tried to find a clip of this on YouTube and couldn't, but, you know, somehow it makes me sad. And it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful scene. Um, It was made into one of the little trading card things, but you see the elves um, walking through the forest. And, you know, some people kind of complain that uh, Peter Jackson didn't capture the mirth and joy of the elves, which they had. But they also, toward the end of their time of their stay at Middle Earth, there was, you know, it was uh, sadness mingled with joy, joy at going to their home in uh, the far west, uh, Valinor, Eldamar. Um, but there was also a certain sadness about leaving Middle Earth that they have gr- had grown to love so very much, and many people as well. So um, I'm going to play the track from the complete recordings of The Fellowship of the Ring called The Passing of the Elves, Academy Award-winning music from Howard Shore. This is KUCI in Irvine. I am Ariel de Reskil Toniel, Sidivren Penamiriel o Menel Aglar Elenaf, Nahaired Palandiriel o Galazremmin Enorath, Fanuilos Lelinathon, Nevaya Si Nevayaron. And that was, in fact, the professor reading um, Albareth Gathoniel. And that from the J.R.R. Audio Collection, J.R.R. Tolkien himself in Elvish. 
So, yes, here we are at KUCI in Irvine. This is What Would Arwen Do? I am Tani Tanuviel. Hello to all my friends, especially those who may be listening online from theonering.com, my most favorite message board. Many people that I have met and Dear friends, here we are just two days before The Hobbit comes out. Many of us gathered together in 2003 for the premiere of The Return of the King up in Toronto at something called The Gathering. We saw uh, Fellowship and Two Towers, back-to-back extended versions, and then saw The Return of the King. It was a magical week of so much fun, and I got to meet people that I had talked to online uh, for actually, I guess a couple of years at that point, and many of us had come from all the four corners of Arda and uh, met up in Toronto. And here it is time again. Perhaps we'll have another gathering. So joining me in just a little bit, um, we'll be having an interview, and I'm not exactly sure. It'll be a little bit of surprise. We elves love surprise, but from Cavalia. Again, if you'd like to check out their website, even now, you can go to Cavalia, uh, C-A-V-A-L-I-A dot net. Uh, and um, we'll talk even a little bit more because uh, these guys are so busy and they have shows six days a week. So we're only going to get an interview for about maybe 15 minutes. So I'm going to read a little bit more after the interview because it's coming up in a, just about seven minutes. And they have um, shows going through the end of the year. And let me just tell you a little bit about who these people are about. Cavalia, a magical encounter between human and horse, an innovative multimedia and multidisciplinary production created by Norman Latourel. I hope I'm saying that right. One of the co-founders of the famed Cirque du Soleil. And this show returns to San Diego. The show premiered November 13th under its signature white big top in the parking lot adjacent to Petco Park in San Diego. Tickets are still available for upcoming shows. And they have matinees, I believe, even during the week between Christmas and New Year's. You can call 1-866-999-8111. That's 1-866-999-8111. Or go online at net. So this show, it says enjoyed. I'm reading here from uh, some information I got. Enjoyed by some 3.5 million people. Cavalia is a lavish production involving 50 Five zero magnificent horses and featuring 42 riders, aerialists, acrobats, dancers, and musicians from all over the world. A show unlike any other, Cavalia celebrates the relationship between humans and horses, virtually reinventing the equestrian arts. In Cavalia, horses cavort with many artists in front of a constantly changing digital background projected onto a 200 feet wide screen, drawing spectators into dreamlike virtual environments. Unlike traditional horse shows, Cavalia's audience faces a single 160 foot wide stage, which allows the horse's space to gallop at full speeds, at times running completely free, unfettered by bridles or halters. Cavalia takes place under a white 26,026 264-square-foot big top, rising some 110 feet high that gives the horses an ample playground to perform with their trainers and artists. Delightful and thrilling <clears throat> thrilling and poignant, Cavalia explores humankind's long-standing relationship with the horse. Juxtaposed with the vibrancy of the production is a subtle thematic line that takes audiences through the evolution of horses and humans' interaction with them. Cavalia's horse training is based upon a philosophy of understanding horses rather than making horses understand the humans around them. The tone of the show, embraced by the entire company, is one of mutual respect, kindness, patience, and trust. Audiences have found Cavalia exhilarating in scope, yet touching in the compassion shown by both, both horse and human. Cavalia has received critical acclaim from around the world, including New York Times, O Magazine, <clears throat> and it goes quite on, on and on about that. Um, 
about Cavalia, headquartered in Montreal, Quebec. Cavalia Inc. operates two separate touring shows, Cavalia and Odisio, both of which marry the equestrian arts, stage arts, and high-tech theatrical effects at never-before-seen levels. Cavalia, seen by some 3.5 million people across North America and Europe since its 2003 debut, celebrates the relationship between humans and horses by loosely recounting the evolution of this bond. So the show I believe that's playing um, right now is Cavalia. Yes, Cavalia, a magical encounter between horse and human, and it's under the big top at the Petco Park and the parking lot adjacent to the Petco Park on Imperial Avenue in San Diego. Tickets are still available. You can uh, go online, www.cavalia.net, or call 866-999-8111. And there's all different price ranges. You can also get group tickets where you could take the whole family or take your whole uh, Cub Scout troop or your whole yoga class. (laughs) And, um, uh, yeah, so in just a few moments, I believe we're... Oh, that may be my call right now. So we're going to hear a little Hobbit music while uh, we're transitioning here. And uh, I'm Tony Chinuvio. We'll be right back. Please don't go away. This is KUCI in Irvine. That is Academy Award-winning music from Howard Shore from the original soundtrack recording of this Fellowship of the Ring, and that is Concerning Hobbits. And yes, this show definitely is Concerning Hobbits with the release of The Hobbit Movie, the first of the three Hobbit movies coming up just this Thursday. And it will be interesting to me to see just how horses will play into this today as uh, if you've been on the show up to this point, um, I am Tani Tanuville, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and my great pleasure today is going to be to interview um, Eric from Cavalia. And Cavalia, again, if you'd like to, even while you're listening, tune in, uh, uh, look online to get a little more information about them. It's uh, 
a production that is playing. It is a multimedia, multidisciplinary production、uh, between horse and human. Playing even now down right just in our next in our neighborhood here in San Diego, and of course you all know that J.R.R. Tolkien loved horses. We didn't get to do any readings before the interview, but we will be doing some afterwards. And Roe will be calling in my friend Roe, the archerist from Escondido. You know she and I have many archery and、um, Middle Earth. Adventures. We're seeing The Hobbit together twice this weekend, both at the IMAX and also in a pre-screening Thursday afternoon. Yes, I bet you're all just pea green with envy. I was pea green with envy until she told me that they got an extra ticket and I was going to be able to come. But she actually saw Cavalia. That's how I found out about it. Contacted them. They were so incredibly gracious to、uh, consent to come on for an interview, and she said that it was just an absolute magical experience for her. She's going to be calling in. A little bit later in the show, and we're going to talk about her experience with going to see Cavalia. But for now, I actually have Eric is here with me. Eric, are you there? I am here. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to our listeners about this amazing show called Cavalia. Danny, it's always a pleasure because I, I always, I oftentimes have the chance to to talk about magic of Cavalia, and and to be quite frank with you, I'm glad you're having some someone calling in after me to explain to you what it is because words cannot express how Cavalia is so magical, and I know you've probably heard that before in the past, but it, it's such a unique production. It's something that you cannot see anywhere else in the world, and Cavalia is basically the perfect. A combination of the equestrian art. We have fifty magnificent horses here in our stable, and it's the combination of the equestrian art and the acrobatics. So think Cirque du Soleil, but with fifty magnificent horses, and you get Cavalia. I can't. I mean, I, I can't even tell you. I have to say,、uh, up until this. Point. I was so excited, but the the highlight of my year was the Hobbit movies coming out. But I think this is almost overshadowing my excitement about the Hobbit. <laughs>、ah, just because I've always loved horses,、um, I've been involved with horse rescue, and I had a horse when I was a little kid and lived on a farm. My job was to go out and catch my horse and you know bring the cows in. And there was a very magical connection between my horse and. Me and I've always felt that horses are such amazing creatures. Sometimes when I'm in their presence, I just feel like I should fall down and worship them or something.、There's, I just feel so amazed that they even allow us to get that close to them. They're so big and powerful, and yet they're just—they're just so amazing. They're so amazing as、um, as fellow creatures on this planet that we can actually have communication with. And, uh, Absolutely, and, and you know what,、uh, Tani, the, the communication aspect and the respect that we have for the horse—that what Cavalia is all about.、Um, the founder of Cavalia, Norman Atuel, is the co-founder of Cirque du Soleil. So in the eighties, he created Cirque du Soleil, and then he went on on his own journey. And there's a fascinating story about how he came about to realize that horses were just so. Magnificent, because the creator of Cavalia, he's he's not even a horse person. He had really, no, he could he always tells me that he couldn't even barely make the difference between a horse and a cow before. <laughs> so that's how not educated he was about horses. But he traveled the world. He traveled everywhere in Europe, in 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 Canada, in the United States to learn more about it. And you know what? He, he after the Cirque du Soleil, he went on to produce magnificent. Show and beautiful show all over the place in Canada. And one of the show, it was a big production. It was outside. There was tons of of, of cast member in it. And for some reason, there was a horse in the production. And when the horse was walking on stage, every single night the audience came into this awe, and they were just looking at the horse, and they were almost forgetting about the plot of the story.、Mm. So one of the director of the show tell Norman Atuel, the founder of Cavalia, he told him. I think we need to remove the horse from the production. It doesn't make sense. We we don't get the attention from people other than for the horse. And Norman Adouret said, "No, you're wrong. Let's make a show about horses." And ten years after that、mm. idea, after the research, became Cavalia in 2003. And we're touring 
ever since. We never stopped touring. We visited more than 57 cities all over the world. And we're in San Diego right now. And I know Californians don't like to travel that much, but I can assure you it is worth the drive. You will be amazed. And like you said at the beginning, Kavaya is the multimedia production. There's projection. It's, it's like a 4D experience. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, we can put as many things as we want on stage the true stars of the show are the horses, of course, and that bond, and that's what's fascinating me. I've seen the show many, many, many times, and every time is a little bit different from the previous time because we never know what to expect from horses. Of course, we have a, a, a storyline that we follow, right. but it, it's always different, and it's always magic. And the stage is it's their playground, basically, and it's 160 feet wide. It's the the width of of an NFL football field. It's huge. So they can gallop full speed. They're having fun. But what stuck out the most out of all this is the true relationship, the true respect between the rider and the horses. It's unbelievable. And and I really think that what, what catches the audience, if you're a horse lover, if you're not familiar with horses, if you're six years old or 87 years old, there is something for everybody. And it's, it's, it's the perfect outing for the family. Well, when I was just down in Escondido visiting my friend Ro, who's going to be coming on the show a little bit later, uh, one of the things she wanted for her birthday was uh, tickets to go see Cavalia. So her darling husband did take her. And when I was down, we do archery together. So I was down there for an archery uh, thing this last weekend. And she said, I brought you something. And I'm like, oh. So she walks out and she's got in her hands the program guide of Cavalia. And I'm like, oh. You know, just looking at the cover, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So I opened it, and, and, I mean, this first page, it looks like, and I guess this is Norman. I'm probably not saying his name right, but it looks like, he looks like, he looks like Sam. He looks like a hobbit here with this horse. <laughs> I mean, really, if you look at or he looks like Peter Jackson, but he looks like a little, little kind of hobbity. And then I'm, as I'm turning the pages, I'm just... I'm just in awe. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. This is so amazing. And then I turn to this one page and I it literally just takes my breath away because it's like it's straight a scene straight out of the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the passing of the elves. And and she said, she said, I knew, she said, when they came out and did this because it's horses and then they they're dressed in all these amazing costumes and it's in a forest. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the passing of the elves. It's the passing of the elves. And she <laughs> I said, I totally see the connection there. But what is also wonderful, like it is about the horse, and I can't, I can't put enough emphasis on it. You know, there's some different horse discipline and question on all over the world that does amazing thing with horses. But there's always part of the celebration of what the rider can do with a horse. Yes. It's the praise seems to me like it's all about the riders and what he can do with his, with his horse. But here, it, it's totally the opposite. I mean, they are really true partners. They are core stars. And, and at the end of every little discipline and every segment of the show, there's respect paid to the horse. Because without the horse, we wouldn't have a show. Without their intelligence, without their patience and what they share with us, we wouldn't have this show. So to us, this, the, the, the real star of this show it's, it's the horses. And we have 42 other artists, dancers, aerialists, and they do an amazing job, but it is nothing compared to what the horse brings and the emotion. And it's so pure. You cannot stage that emotion. You cannot stage anything with a horse. A horse will do whatever he wants. <laughs> they will. So they That's really right. need to truly believe that the rider sitting on him or doing acrobatic on his back or flipping in the air they have complete trust, and that is a beautiful thing. And, and honestly, uh, nine months ago, before I started here at Cavalia, I was not a horse person. I just thought that the horses were just beautiful animals. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you mentioned earlier, yes, the, the, the schedule is hectic. It, it, it's, it's a tour. But whenever time I have to go and walk in the stable, my my moment, my period, the, the, this period of the day changed completely. Mm. They're like sponges. They listen to you. They they they, they are captivating and they're engaging. <laughs> I, I'm becoming a horse lover myself. It's not just because I, I I work with this production. It's just because it's something that I discover along that becomes more than more than work. It becomes a lifestyle being with horses, and that yes. is to me fascinating. Ah. Uh. 
That's so wonderful. Well, I'd like to ask you a little bit because as a as an elf and as an advocate for animal freedom and because all animals want to be free and want to be happy. So I've I've been uh, not very I'm not a fan of circuses, you know, because of some of the way that the animals are treated, but it seems mm-hmm. to me that that is not the case here with the Cavalia production. Um, and you're right. You're right. How, how, is this, how is this different, just for people that may have, you know, take exception to circus type of events, how is this different so people can f- go feeling totally warm in their hearts that mm-hmm. these animals enjoy what they're doing and are being treated and have a life that's very happy and wonderful? Well, first of all, Kavaya is far from being a circus. Uh, there's no whip cracking at all over the place. And it, it, again, it's not about the performance of the human. It's about the horse. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we offer packages, and you can visit our stable at any time. Mm-hmm. You can come and see the care we provide to our horses. Wow. Uh, we, we, we open our doors to all kinds of organizations that ask us, can we please make sure uh, that, that everything is done properly? And of course, and we have a team of 20 grooms, and we have two vet techs and one veterinarian working constantly on site with us to make sure they're perfectly healthy and their diet is well-balanced depending on what they do. Uh, We never go to a city or a site where the horse cannot be uh, turned out outside. We have paddocks in every city, even here downtown San Diego, right next to Petco Park where the big white tent is, we do have paddocks outside to make sure they're turned out every day. Well, they play all day long with their riders, and it, it, that's what it, it's all about. Mm-hmm. And we've got quite, you know, the horse has been domesticated for, you know, ages and ages, and it's not like a tiger or a lion or those wild animals that belongs to the jungle, and that's right. our philosophy. I know that the creator will will never work with with with, with lions or tigers or or those types of animals. Right. But the horses were so close to the human. I mean, they help us build bridges to right. discover the world. They helped us carry logs to build houses. They were part of our evolution, and that is what it's all about. It's about celebrating that bond that we've been sharing with the horses all these years. Well, you know, it's funny because I had forgotten about this, but my friend Ro, who's calling in later, I think actually the way that she found out about this uh, show was uh, because she used to be a horse trainer herself uh, long before she got into archery. And uh, so she still has friends who have ranches and stuff, but she uh, talked to someone who... um, Either they at her ranch or at a rejoining ranch or something, they actually were um, board not boarding, but some of the Cavalia horses were there so that they could run free and everything. And, Absolutely, and and, and, that and I thought that's in, so. In yeah, and I thought that's so wonderful that you you know you don't just bring them to these things and you know keep them in a stable the whole time. These horses actually between you know when when they're working just like we are working when they're not working they're uh, enjoying running free and their community with each other because you know horses um, you know they're uh, herd animals like we are <laughs> they like yeah. to uh, hang out and play with their friends and and they they never they never spend more than eight minutes per show on stage. The rest of the training and the playfulness happens throughout the day. And like you said, yes, we take them outside all the time, depending on the weather, of course. We want them to be comfortable. But in between cities, when we travel, they are the first to leave site, and they go on on the farm that we, of course, pre-screen and go and visit the farm first, make sure the insulation is proper, and the USDA, it's approved as well. And we take the time to find the perfect farm so they can go and play for up to 12 days in between cities. And they are the very last to arrive on site, just a few days before the first performance. And that's how, and they're used to travel. They love traveling. And they are happy. I can assure you those horses are happy. I mean, again, (laughs) I I walk on that table so many times and it's so much fun to see their playfulness. There are really willing animals. If they get your trust, you can do anything you want with them. Absolutely. And that's uh, something that my friend Ro, and we'll be, talk- be able to talk about this a little bit more later, because for herself, as a horse trainer, you know, she knows when, you know, you uh, people who have been around horses can sense when a horse is is not happy or is not, you know, being treated in a way that, that they have a, full, a happy and fulfilling lifestyle. And my friend would have noticed that. She said, these horses, she said, it's like they're having so much fun, just like with the people, the artists that are having fun. Mm-hmm. And um, so and, and I'm I like to so say that the show is never perfect. And that's the beauty of Kavaya, you know. You can't force anything on the horse. And that's one of the reasons why we have a live band, because... 
the linesmen are following the horses, and it's not the way around. And part of our philosophy is that the horse is never wrong. The human is wrong. We don't make a horse think as a human, but humans think as horses. And that's how we make this thing magical thing happen every night. So um, I'm curious just a little bit about, so you have all these artists and you have all these horses. Um, where you're based out of up in Canada, do the do the artists in this show all live in that area? How, how often do they get to work with the horse that they're going to be working with in the show? Well, the, the, the rider never never shared the horse. So they when they are starting to work here at Kavaya, they are assigned a horse. And they develop that relationship and build that trust with them, and that they're constantly working with them. And mm. most of the riders go with this, this team of groom and vet tech in between cities and the farm to be with them to continue that that relationship. Uh, it, it's constant. So yes, we're from Montreal in Canada. That's where the, the we have a farm there. So all the horse that needs to be retired or horse that don't feel like performing, we send them back in our farm in, in Sutton, in Quebec, in, in Canada. And they, they relax. They, they take their time. Some of them will come back. Some of them will just stay there and have the, the time of their life. But that, <laughs> that's how it works. And, and, yeah. and the, the artists are from all over the world, from 13 different countries. And the horse are, we have 50 horse and 11 breeds. So wow. it's a great mix of, 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 horses and cultures and, and it's so vibrant and I, I know that sounds cheesy but we are <laughs> truly a family when we travel I mean we, we stayed in the same complex in the, in the apartment we eat together <laughs> we go out together we discover the city together and of course like every other family there's ups and downs and arguments and so forth but right. bottom line I feel like I'm at home I feel like I'm in a family with these people and we all even if we're all from all over the world we share something in common it's the love for the horses, the passion about performing, and, and we discover other things along the way. And it's a beautiful experience for everybody here on tour. So right now you're in San Diego. What is the next stop on your, on your tour schedule for well, people that I might be tell, listening? I think it's important to tell your, your, your listener that this San Diego, we, we came here in 2004. It was one of the first U.S. cities we visited. And this is our last North American tour before we go to Australia. So this is our last chance to see Cavalia oh. here in Southern California and, and in America because we are going to Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne in 2003. So that should be really, really exciting. For Everybody is excited to go see kangaroos and go see uh, and to go to the land down under. But for now, we're in San Diego, and we are on sale until December 30th. So we're here for the holidays, and we have this amazing pack, which is you buy five tickets, and you get five tickets for free. And tickets oh are very goodness. affordable. I know, right? How can you say no to that? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you could take your whole family. I mean, think, you know, listeners, <laughs> pay attention. Where uh, where could you ever have a, 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 a Christmas present like this, an experience that you could have with your family that you're going to be a treasure forever and ever? I, I haven't even seen the show yet. I will be giving an adventure report in a couple of weeks. But I can tell just by the program guide that this is going to be a magical experience that is going to change me forever. I mean, I've I love seeing Cirque du Soleil. And I love horses. And it's like to be able to see something, you know, Cirque du Soleil type of thing with horses working together. I'm just, I'm so excited. I can hardly even wait for the 23rd of December when I get to go see the show. And the fact that I'm glad that you mentioned that, for one thing, it's San Diego is not that far, friends, from Orange County here. I mean, I'm making the trek down there. You can get down there in under two hours and get back. So you could actually do it all in one day, and you can even take the train down there if you like, or you can go down there and stay overnight. But it's not that far, and but then you're going to be gone for you know on another continent for a whole year. So um, I'm really glad that you you know I found out about this and was able to have you on the show with enough time for people to be able to still get tickets and get down there. Now the the contact people can get tickets online right through your website. Correct, that, yes, yeah. at cavalia.net, and you have all the information for the five free tickets when you purchase five. We have a matinee and evening show schedule until December 30th, and I can promise you, if you offer Cavalia tickets for Christmas, you'll be the star in your family. I can assure <laughs> you that. Well, it sounds like an amazing outing to me. Um, let's see. Oh, my gosh. I just... 
I had so many questions, um, and, but I know that Sarah said that you only had a little um, amount of time. Do we have a few more minutes? Yeah, of course. Okay. So um, so you've been involved with Cavalia for like a year now, did you say? Yeah. yeah. So exactly. how do you, what happens, so you, you know, you've done this uh, North American tour. You all are based out of Montreal, but you're going to Australia. I mean, how do you get... 50 artists something and 50 <laughs> horses uh comfortably over to australia my goodness how how does that happen well i have to say that you we go by rock, boat i mean the, the the logistic department and the technical department are rock stars to me i mean they work behind the scenes but they're amazing people that are dedicated yeah. for the comfort and the safety of our of our artists the two and four-legged actually so we're going to australia it's a long trip of course but we charter a plane uh, 747, so we can fit all the 50 horses in there. And it's like how they transport the horses for the Olympics. They have uh, comfort- comfortable stables, but they, they're big enough to, 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 to solve in the plane so they can roll and then stretch. It, it's insane. It's like really? on a plane? plane? <gasps> yes, on I a plane. And it's, it's just a plane filled with, with salt, and we have the full on team, the, the grooms, the vet tech, and the vet will be on board. And we don't even sedate the horse when they travel because they're very comfortable. They're used to us. They're used to traveling. So it's not something foreign or new to them. And that's, of course, part of our training. So oh. it, it, it's, it's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's difficult, but it's, of course, challenging to yes. make sure that every little detail is, is, is taken care of, especially when you travel with 50 horses. Yeah. And, of course, there's a certain period of quarantine when we go to Australia. Okay. And, you know, that's been taken care of, and the quarantine will happen in the lattice farm as well. So everything is set, and we're still working ahead and uh, towards a great move and a great success in Australia. But it's challenging for everybody. Everybody is really on their toe, and they're working really hard to make it happen. And, you know, it will happen with big success, and we can't wait. We'll be in Brisbane first in March, and uh, we're really excited about that. So have the horses traveled um, by plane before? Like. Yes, they have. We've oh. been to uh, Germany. We've been to oh, wow. other places in Europe oh. uh, a couple years ago. So, yes, they have traveled in a plane before. And wow. the first time we did it was a big success. And, you know, the horse, some of the horses were just sleeping. They were so comfortable. And, of course, <laughs> their diet don't change even if they're traveling. We're making sure that, the, that their, their environment is safe for them but also familiar. Yeah. And what, what's kind of unique with that is that, you know, in our stable and when they travel, uh, because they sometimes travel by truck, obviously, when the time is not too long in between destinations. But we always make sure that they have the same neighbors. So oh, okay. this horse to your right and to his left, well, well, his friends are surrounding him all the time. And it's really important to make sure that their environment is comfortable and, yeah. and they feel safe. And with that, they're not spooked and they take the time. And, and for us, it's much better because they're happier. Now, I know this may sound like a, an odd question, but do horses get something like jet lag? Because, I mean, I, I don't know if that's just a human thing because we know that there's a time difference. But mm. but do horses kind of get jet lag? I mean, does it affect them at all? Well, it's a really good question. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to slide the horse the day before performance, obviously, right. because we need, they need a bit of time to assimilate, just like us, the time difference, the, the, the temperature, the atmosphere, the air. Right. You know, everything is a, it's different here and there. We went to Mexico, the city, and we were higher in the altitude. And, of course, humans are more uh, receptive and a bit more sensitive about the, the altitude. And we're, we were a bit worried, and we took all the precautions that was needed to make sure the horse will slowly and surely go up, you know, in altitude, so we'll make stops, but, you know, they were so fine, and we're, we were more a bit affected by the altitude <laughs> than, than the horses. Wow. So, you know, uh, of course, all the precautions yeah. are made so they're comfortable during transportation, and they might get jet lag, but the good thing is that they'll have a good 15 days in a, in a lavish farm when we arrive in Australia to, to take some time and recuperate from the trip and then be ready for the show. Well, I am so excited. Thank you so much for for being a part of this. Um, even if I wouldn't have been able to go to the show, it makes my heart happy just knowing that this thing called Cavalia, this, this wonderful show and this synergy and magical um, thing that's happening between horses and humans, it makes my heart happy just to know that it's on the planet. <laughs> and well, I, we're really excited to have you here on site in San Diego. And again, for you viewers, Cavalia.net, very affordable prices, and that Christmas pack that you can't you can. There's five tickets free when you buy five. It's a 
really good deal. Well, you know, get your family and friends together, and you know that that way you're getting your tickets for fifty percent off if you get a group of ten people together and uh, make it a little road trip. <laughs> Exactly. That sounds like fun. <laughs> in fact, I might have to think about doing that on, on – maybe I can do that on another day uh, besides the, the date. But I'm, I'm so excited for December 23rd. At this point, I'm, uh, that's all I can think of. But who knows? Maybe – uh, maybe something else. If 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 I have listeners that are listening, you can always email me at askanelf at yahoo dot com, and maybe we can get a group together and uh, go down as a, a as a group uh, elf That's adventure. So that sounds like fun. <laughs> well, thank you so very much, Eric, for coming on the show today. Is there anything that you would like to just say uh, in you know as a as a final? passing note to encourage people to come and take in this magical experience? Absolutely. You, you cannot just take our words on it. You have to experience to believe it. So get on your car, get a group, and come and see us. You will not regret it. It will be the best show of your life. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thank you again. And I don't know if I... Will you be around? Are you around? I don't know if I might be able... It would be nice if we could meet or something on December 23rd. Of course, I'll be here on December 23rd, and I'll be more than happy to welcome you. Oh, wonderful. I'll look forward to it. Well, Alen Salalumen Amentielvo, that's Elvish for A Star Shines on the Hour of Our Meeting, and I will look very much forward to that in just a week from Sunday, actually. Or is it a week from Sunday? Uh Something like that. Something like that. Holiday time seems like a blur. I know. It does seem like a blur. Well, thank you again so much, uh, so graciously taking time out of your busy schedule to come and be with us today. And we will be talking about this a little bit more because the show, we're going to take it into the next hour. And then uh, for those of you who are listening, this show will be up on podcast. So if you know friends uh, who would like to find out about the show and maybe they missed the live show today, the show will be up on podcast at org under archive and people can listen to the interview after the fact for months and months to come. And uh, hopefully people will be looking for the show and uh, letting, me, letting me know about it. So, Eric, thank you again so much. You are. Great I look forward to meeting you. Bye-bye. That was uh, Eric Paquette. I hope I said his name right, uh, who is the publicist, uh, the show's publicist for Cavalia. And uh, I think the uh, archeress of Escondido is going to be calling in in just a few minutes to share her little um, adventure with uh, seeing Cavalia. And with she also was a horse trainer herself. And I didn't even get to ask Eric about it. I completely forgot to ask him about the music because my friend got the... Um, you can buy the CDs of the music that they play at the show. And... Um, she loves it. She says it has absolutely magical music. So, Ro, if you are listening, you can call in. Oh, I think that might be her right there. So let's have a, just a little teensy bit more. Let's see. some. Uh, do we want some Hobbit music? Yeah, yeah let's, the Hobbit's coming up. Let's do some Hobbit music. This is KUCI in Irvine. Yes, that is concerning hobbits, and we are all concerning hobbits. And we just have a few more minutes in this hour, but we are going to be staying over for the into the second hour today because Blue and Gold Report will is on a little vacation for the winter break. So we're going to be hanging out for a little while longer here on What Would Arwen Do? This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tenuville. You're listening to What Would Arwen Do? A podcast of my interview with Eric Peckett of um, Cavalia will be up on uh, our website at KUCI.org uh, hopefully today, if not within the next couple of days, and you can hear a podcast of that interview and find more information again about the show uh, A Magical Encounter Between Human and Horse Cavalia at www.cavalia.com Net. So, Ro, are you there? I am here. Yay. So you've actually seen the show already. I have seen the show. We saw it uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. 
And now, because um, I, I, he was talking about how, you know, the horses, uh, even as they go to different places, they find a farm for them to be able to be um, boarded out. Did Because I thought, uh, that reminded me, didn't you know the person that they boarded the horses or something like that? Or Yeah, that, yeah. well, what's funny, and let me back up one more thing. Mm-hmm. We saw Jim's brother and sister-in-law this past summer, and his brother-in-law, who is not a horse person, said, when Cavalia comes to San Diego, you have to see it. <laughs> and I mean, he said it was such, in, he was so in fat. And I'm like, well, okay, okay. You know, I mean, it, he, it had obviously made an impression. And then, you know, so it kind of passed. And then on Facebook, I have a friend who works at Golden Eagle Ranch, which is a thoroughbred ranch in Santa Isabel. And she posted that the horses, apparently, they brought them in there to rest in large pastures until they brought them down to San Diego. So mm. they were transported in and at that point I'm like can I come out and see him and she's like no we can't let anybody see him they're under quarantine but she did get some pictures from far and they were stunning and so then I was like okay it's here we're going to we're going to get the tickets and um that's so that yeah that's how that happened so it was kind of I was told about it in the summer then when they came down probably in October to the French she reminded me and then I went ahead and got the tickets Oh, wow. So that was kind of how that journey happened for us. What was funny was over Thanksgiving, Jim's brother emailed us, and he goes, have you got, you, um, Cavalia's in San Diego, you got to go see it. And Jim was able to email him back and say, we already have. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm uh, so excited. And um, if you will stay uh, on with me for a few minutes, I'm actually just going to do a little uh, top of the hour um station break well let's see it's a couple of minutes i just need to do a little station break because we're gonna uh hang in and uh take this show into the next hour so uh can you just hang out a little bit i can okay uh hold on Okay. This is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. And uh, that's going to kind of round it out for the uh, first hour of What Would Arwen Do? Uh, Let's see, we should have a little bit of transition music. I would like to uh, let our listeners know that this is KUCI and the views and opinions expressed here are those of the Elf host and her guest and do not necessarily represent KUCI, UCI, or the UC Board of Regents. So we're going to have a little music. Um, Okay, actually, what we're going to do, we're going to hear the Hobbit trailer, and then we will be back in just a few minutes with the second hour of What Would Arwen Do? This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. My dear Frodo, You asked me once if I had told you everything there was to know about my adventures. While I can honestly say I have told you the truth, I may not have told you all of it. Bilbo Baggins. I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure.